Good evening, everybody. My name is Stephen Paw, and I am your managing editor at CBR.com. And I am Ben Kendrick, publisher of ScreenRant.com, and this is my new son, Grogu. Wow, congratulations, Ben. That's amazing. He's yep. just sitting over your shoulder. Watch I thought I was going to have a girl. But... <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, I'm going to well, child more than my actual child that's on the way. <laughs> I sometimes do when I'm watching that show. Um, yeah. Welcome once again, everybody, to the First Rule Podcast, where we go through comments and we make fun of them and ourselves. Uh, we've got some lots of big news to talk about, stuff that happened today. We're going to get to it. Lots of Spider-Man stuff uh, to discuss, to go over. But let's talk about something that came before Spider-Man, or at least what they're doing kind of came before Spider-Man. Uh, the Flash, Ben, is what we're yeah. going to talk about today. Yeah, we're going to talk about this really quick. Mm-hmm. Right. See what I did there? Because I said that earlier, I was like, we're going to I want to talk about it really quick. And then you made the point that that's really poignant, given that we're going to be talking about the Flash. Yeah, I thought I would lead into this by reiterating that joke. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I gave you credit, too. It was your joke. It is. Um, OK, so we wrote an article at Screen Rant. Um, obviously, this upcoming, you know, Ezra Miller's upcoming DCU Flash movie is going to have some characters that we didn't necessarily expect initially. We know that, you know, Michael Keaton's Batman is going to be appearing in this thing. Ben Affleck's Batman probably showing up. And, you know, people have been talking a lot about should George Clooney's Batman show up? Should Val Kilmer's Batman should, you know, show up? And we've been having a lot of fun having those sort of nerdy conversations um, at the site writing up articles, um, you know, trying to like lean into kind of the fan speculation and and what could be happening with this film. And uh, one of the questions that came up was, and this is an article that we ended up writing, why the DCU Flash movie needs Grant Gustin's Arrowverse Barry Allen in the film. Hmm. And so I like, you know, we're going to be talking about Spider-Man and his massive team up. uh, I just said team up. Glad you yep, said team yep. up. It's a children's yep. show. <laughs> That's it. Um, we're going to be talking about that shortly. But 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 first, I kind of like, you know, we had written this up. I thought it was kind of a fun article to unpack a little bit because I used to love the Flash TV show. I have since fallen off on that show, largely because it started getting like even beyond kind of the pale in terms of how silly it was. Um, and also, I just don't have time to keep up with all of the Arrowverse shows anymore. But we all know kind of in the last crossover, the Crisis of Infinite Earth crossover, that at the end of it, Grant Gustin's Barry Allen shows up or is there. And it's Ezra Miller's Barry Allen that shows up in in the Flash TV show. And actually, it's Grant Gustin's Flash that kind of names Ezra Miller's Flash as the Flash. And so it you know, we kind of thought it it would be a fitting and maybe fun, like post credit scene type thing to have that reversal played out again or something where Grant Gustin shows up. And our commenters had like a lot of a lot of thoughts about this. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to kind of unpack the two first uh, the two sort of first kind of themes of the comments, and then we'll We'll kind of talk about it a little bit and then I'll I'll sort of circle out with with a parting comment for you, Steve, and then we'll talk about some Spider-Man. But um, Sean D. Wallace um, said this film is anything but a solo Flash movie at this point. So you might as well get a kitchen sink in there, too. Um, 
Robert William Graham said, can't help feeling they're waiting for the TV series to get canceled first, but a cameo appearance from Grant Gustin would, would be great. So both of them on board with this idea. Um, and then Toby Jr. Uh, said, Ezra's running is weird. And I want you to put a pin in that, Steve. If you can just put a pin in Ezra's running is weird because I'm going to come back to that at some point. Okay. You're going to have to wait a little while, though. Mm-hmm. Ezra's running is weird. Even a five-year-old could run better. His jokes are also lame. He doesn't know how to act. Grant is too emotional in his series. He always needs motivation. So both of them, nah. Wow. So, suck it. Suck it, both of you flashes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, Nobody's a good flash, uh, yeah. a good flash here. Um, but Briskin Duff said, I have a fun idea for this. So now we're getting into the theory crafting, right? Mm-hmm. Do you remember in season three when after Arrowverse Barry did his flashpoint, Earth 3, Jake Garrick flash taught him about the small fractures caused by time travel? What if Grant gave Miller that same explanation, taking on the mentor role Garrick played for him? Rob Carley said something similar. He said, set it in the post-crisis multiverse and on another Earth so you can change whatever you like, cross over the movie and TV show, and all feels legitly connected. So I'm kind of curious, man. Like, I don't have, like like I said, I don't have a strong connection to the show anymore. I really enjoyed, like, the first three or four seasons of it. And then I kind of, I kind of faded away. But I do like Grant Gustin. I like his Flash. I kind of think it would be a fun kind of nod to the fact that this is a multiverse story. And, you know, Gustin obviously is very responsible for sort of bringing kind of public consciousness back to the Flash as a character. Like people probably would see a Flash movie without him. But um, I mean, without having had Grant Gustin playing it on TV. But I still feel like people are, you know, that certainly didn't hurt the idea of creating sort of the momentum for a Flash feature film so i'm a bit i'm a bit curious like tonally very different um i feel like it would have to be like a post credit scene type scenario i don't know that you could just like shove him into the actual movie i don't think i would want that but i i do like the idea of a post credit scene i'm curious how far you would would go with this thing okay i've got a confession to make ben um i like okay i stopped watching the flash similar to you um but a little bit different i stopped watching it after the first 15 minutes of the first episode <laughs> ever that's as far I as i like got yeah, yeah uh, that's as far as i got in that show uh, i'm glad it exists i hate it i sure. hate um most of the cw shows i know i probably shouldn't be saying that as your managing editor at cbr.com because we cover that all the yeah. time luckily we have a lot of editors yeah. who do that for me so i don't have to um yeah a lot of editors what he means is a lot of editors with bad taste in television <laughs> shows is what yeah, i think that's what you just said about your editors I that's think. right megan demore and you know it's true uh yeah, yeah no thankfully she watches all the Arrowverse stuff or does a lot of it for us um but it's wild wildly popular and of course i know grand gusson and i don't mind him it's just a little bit too teeny bopper yeah, for me. yeah it's super campy yeah. it's like mostly him shouting into a crevasse uh, for 45 minutes or, mm-hmm. or an hour. Um, but I like a lot of the yep. the cool like crossovers. Anyway, uh, speaking of those crossovers, I think it would be cool to just throw as many flashes as you can in that movie. Like, I don't care. Um, they're both upbeat, fun versions of that character. Like, let them let run wild, literally, 
in that movie, like that would be wicked. That would be dope as hell. Um, and they had a good chemistry. Like I don't watch that show, but I've seen that part because it's all over Twitter and they're like all touching each other, not in a kind of hot way, but like they're just still kind of enamored mm. with each other in that way. And I think that would be really fun to explore that dynamic. Or you could have it, as your commenter said, like have one take on the mentor role or possibly have one become the other, which would be kind of interesting. Um, or like some kind of fracture happens and Grant Gustin, maybe he's going to be finishing the show since all the other CW shows are finishing. Um, and maybe he becomes Ezra Miller and that's like the weird time loop thing that happens. Um, be kind of fun, interesting, weird, inexplicable, but so are flash comics. And so have been all of the flash shows from what I understand. Um, so I'm down like, sure. Why not? We have a multiverse for a reason. DC has done that really well. Um, and all of these, uh, you know, knowing nods and winks and nudges um, are, are leading to that anyway. Go full bore, like full steam ahead to make another Flash fun. Just get get like Michael Rosenbaum's like animated Flash in there. Oh, my God. Like just do it. Hell do yes. It Dude, yeah. Like he was amazing in that role. He's probably my favorite Flash. Uh, right. Like, yeah, do that. Yeah. Sure. Why not? That'd be dope. He did a he did a recent like a uh, like Justice League reunion on his podcast, the Inside mm. of You podcast with Michael. I love that podcast. And yeah, Michael Rosenbaum is just a really really interesting person. Yeah, um, but yeah, he had like Kevin Conroy and a bunch of people like that. It was uh, it was pretty fun. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well. Uh, yeah. I mean, me personally, like like I said, I these <laughs> we're gonna be talking about Spider Man. I feel like some of these films are at the risk of having too many kind of multiverse versions of themselves i loved it in spider-man into the multi, you know like into the spider-verse um i don't know i'm getting nervous about spider-man i'm getting a little bit nervous about flash but you know i i think it would be a fun sort of circular nod to have uh grant gustin show up as in the post-credit scene or something like that for the flash movie don't put him in the main movie post-credit scene um but i do okay so you had that pin you had that pin i'm just gonna right ask you that i'm just gonna ask you to pluck that out really quick are sure? okay are you sure all right i'll do it yeah yep all okay right. so my comment of the week uh jeremy black says absolutely not ezra plays a truer version much funnier grant's barry allen has turned into a crybaby ezra miller's flash does run weird though <laughs> <laughs> why how does he run weird what does he run like i can't I even think about like, it I think because right he's like skating kind of yeah like, isn't he kind of like it's like he He's not like like Barry Allen's doing like this, right? Like he's like running and like it's like Ezra Miller's, though, is more kind of like. Oh, yeah. OK. I think that's what they're talking about is he's not really, you know, like running. He's kind of like like sort of flailing <laughs> forward. Or something. But I kind of I like that because whenever I'm sh seeing like a Francis Manipole uh art of the flash he's kind of yeah. like full but he is kind of like skating and i yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. i kind of like that actually i think i mean i'm sure that's what snyder is going for like our producer greg is saying <laughs> the running does look weird it looks swooshy Ooh, which is swooshy. kind of true like swooshy is sort of that's a good way of uh yeah despite not being a word thanks handsome greg thank goodness I also, handsome. I also want someone to make a gif of me doing the like running though for sure I don't know if you're doing karate. Oh, that could not. No, don't do a gif of that, please. That could be very dangerous. Just, you know, just letting you know that could get very blue very quickly. Okay, so uh, handing it over to you, we're going to talk Spider-Man. 
Okay, we are like in, in one of those races where you hand me the baton. Spider-Man, another uh, yeah multiverse in the making here. And I just want to say, you said that you're kind of nervous about all this multiversal stuff going on. This has been like a comic book thing for a very, very long time, right? Like this whole, for- all of this stuff crashing together. So everybody out there, don't worry. It's going to be fine. Like, this is okay. Now, we will get to the point where it's not okay and that everything is a crossover and it's just ridiculous because that's what we are <laughs> in comics right now. But, like, at the beginning of all this, yeah. this is where at the crisis of in- on Infinite Earths, we're at, like, you know, Infinity Gauntlet, this kind of stuff. It's fine. Guys, don't worry. It's fine. Um, but it is happening to Spider-Man. A lot of people are drawing comparisons between uh, what has been happening in Flashpoint, what we were talking about earlier with George Clooney and so on, with what's happening now in the Spider-Man 3. And I want to blast through this, just run through it, wink, again. Um, just real fast. So we mm-hmm. wrote an article that was put together by Matt Arrow. Thank you very much, Matt. Uh, called "Report: Spider-Man Three Casts a Second Peter Parker and Mary Jane." And I know that Screen Rant ran something like this. Uh, our new sister site, Collider, was the first outlet that broke this. Um, kind of like it had been talked about for a very long time. Uh, whether and yeah, we yeah. talked about it on the show whether Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, all these people are going to be coming back into a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Um. You all know it, like, uh, what is his name? Uh, the the guy who plays Dr. Octopus, Molina. Alfred, uh, Mo- uh, just Molina. He's like Madonna. Molina is coming back as Dr. Octopus, um, which is great. Uh, he's in one of the best, probably the second or first best uh, Spider-Man movies of all time. Um, Kirsten Dunst is coming back. Uh, Al- uh, Andrew Garfield is signed back on. Um, so everybody's kind of waiting on Tobes to officially swing in so to speak um that's kind of the the news this is all rumored to be true no one really I, like i don't know if it's officially officially confirmed but it's as close as you're going to get for right now um so a lot of people uh commented on on our uh, on our posts on facebook i'm sure a bunch commented on yours they're probably similar um so i'm just going to blast through these real quickly i think so uh yeah like so Kelly Redfern says, no Toby, no watch. Bam, that's it. No Toby Maguire. You need to have him in there or nothing. Hashtag, um, hashtag, hashtag no, no Toby, Toby, no watch. watch. I kind of like that, actually. Um, Matt Kelly says, bring back Toby. Literally nobody wants to see Garfield over Toby. To which Austin Carpenter replies, I do because he was far better than he was a far better Spider-Man and actually was a smart ass that cracked jokes. And he didn't spend 98% of his screen time crying and shedding enough tears to put out a small house fire interesting take also not untrue <laughs> like mm-hmm. Tobey Maguire has a real real bad ugly cry um but I kind of am here for it yeah. um the this the the next one was like a, a bunch of people wanted more people to come in um so Brad Taylor said if this guy isn't coming back I ain't wasting my time he ought to be the one messing with the multiverse and he's smart enough he put in a little gif of I'm something of a scientist myself from the first Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire as Norman yeah. Osborn Green Goblin and I agree. I think he should come back. Um, a lot of people yeah, be cool. dunk on that character in that movie. I don't know how you feel about it, but I loved Willem Dafoe overacting in that shit. And I am here for it again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that costume is, have you ever seen the, uh, the makeup test or the, it's not a makeup test, but it's the prosthetic test where it was going to be like the actual green goblin. And he was oh, going like, to wear this so prosthetic. And, like, it's so good. The express it's, it's incredible. I can't, I still, to this day, I know like, you know, they said it didn't really work. Like ultimately it didn't give them quite the like flexibility and stuff that they needed from him. Um, so they just put the mask on him and stuff, but like, man, that thing was great looking. Yeah. Like I, 
I still, but anyway, I don't know that I want to see any of the green goblins back just because I feel like my concern for this movie doesn't come from a place of not enjoying this multiverse stuff. Um, I feel like having a Spider-Man multiverse live action movie is like kind of eating a little bit of Miles Morales's into the Spider-Verse kind of like it's cake a little bit like that was kind of their thing. And I kind of liked the idea of these being a little bit more cordoned off as movies. But the one thing I am worried about, which has plagued these Spider-Man movies is having just too much crap going on at any given time. It's like Spider-Man three, you know, you got Venom thrown in and it was like, because the studio wanted Venom thrown in, even though Raimi really just wanted like it to be a story about Sandman. Then the amazing Spider-Man two, like, you get Electro, you get Rhino, you get, you know, this attempt at kind of force launching the Sinister Six. Um, and it's just like, I'm I'm getting a little bit worried that like, we're getting a bit further away from the idea of, uh, of just giving Tom Holland like another great Spider-Man film, you know, with maybe like, you know, a couple of these characters or something like that. But the, the idea that now all the Spider-Men are back and all the you know, love interests are back and everybody's in this movie. It's just, I don't know, like, where do you make the time for all that? The only thing I can think of is that it's actually not going to, these people are not going to be in the film very long. Like that it's almost like they, you know, open up the dimensions or whatever, and they're able to see these other worlds. And there's this Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and there's the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, as opposed to like these people all come through and, have one giant battle royale or something with Dr. Octopus and all these other people. Like none of that really makes any sense to me. So I'm I'm curious to see how I'm, it's a similar thing with the flash movie. We were just talking about, like, I'm a bit curious, like how much is like Michael Keaton actually in that movie? Um, I know he's like kind of the mentor of that movie, but like how, like, what does that actually mean? Like how much time does that actually translate into? Yeah. Um, in the Spider-Man thing, I think it's even less likely that like Andrew Garfield is in it for more than five minutes. But probably. We'll um, but we were talking about this before with uh, with Handsome Greg, the producer. And like I, I was making an argument that and if Endgame can do it, if Infinity War can do it, I think that this Spider-Man movie can do it as well. I mean, we brought up the Sinister Six. This could be a way to introduce a multiversal Sinister Six and have them fight three Spider-Men. Um, we have seen it not only in those two MCU movies, but is into the Spider-Verse. I mean, that packed a lot of characters super well into a Spider-Man movie. So as comparative sure. as everybody's making these, uh, these, these judgments or bringing them together, these comparisons, um, like they did work. They worked really well. But we did have another commenter, um, yeah. Tim Kilpatrick, who said, I just hope they don't pull an X-Men and have so much going on that they skip over every... T- Every t- 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 I guess he died on his keyboard. So R.I.P. Tim Kilpatrick. But like, I understand what you're saying. And you don't want it to be an X-Men last stand kind of situation where this is too much, uh, as you were saying. The last comment yeah. I want to stay here before I move into another quick topic about Spider-Man is from someone whose name I can't pronounce just because it's in a different language. So I'm going to call you Joey Jojo. He says, I feel like they are going to kill Andrew Spider-Man just like Spider-Verse. 
Andrew Spider-Man is going to die. You heard it from Joey Jojo. It's going to happen. Um, we'll see is what the, happens. Is, did he actually call him Andrew Spider-Man? Andrew Spider-Man. <laughs> Look, I'm just I'm reading it, Ben. His name is Andrew. They're going to kill Andrew Spider-Man. It's not Spooderman, Handsome Greg. It's going to be Andrew Spider-Man. Um, and he's going to die in, in the Spider-Verse. The last thing I'm going to say is you. We talk. We keep drawing these, you know, comparisons to the end of the Spider Verse, and the difference mm-hmm. there, though, is like for me, is like Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, they're established Spider Men. You would need, uh, you know, you would need to have kind of a real send off for them, and they would need to have a meaningful impact. Whereas into the Spider Verse, yes, there were a lot of characters, like some of those things were just like, you know, like punchlines, right? Yeah. Whereas like when you bring these iconic characters back. I don't know how you do that and you pay them the service that fans are going to need without it being like a real thing, but. Oh, it's easy. You kill them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even joking. Like the, what they did in, in into the spider verse was they killed this first Spider-Man that you see. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. they it's, kill him and like if you want to make an impact make an impact by had, having their bodies hit the stupid floor and both of them dying like that is going to be it yeah. and then throw tom holland in there let's get miles morales in the mcu baby let's do this or like send him on send tom holland on some um uh, i don't know some quantum leap kind of thing where he's jumping around the universe trying to get his way home but miles morales takes over for a few movies and then you have tom holland swoop back in yeah like that's how I would do it, and that's how you yeah. should do it, Marvel slash Sony. Um, okay, before we close out for the day, Ben, just real quickly, what I do also want to see in this Spider-Man 3, because we've got so many characters, I don't want to see sensational Spider-Man. I want to yeah. see spectacular, amazing, or superior. I want to see polyamorous Spider-Man, because we wrote an article. Of course you do. Of course I do. Uh, called "Were Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends in a Polyamorous Relationship by Anthony Grimuglia. Thank you very much, Anthony. Um, he also wrote one called Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends is Marvel's Horniest Cartoon. And it's great. It's These are great, 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 great articles. Wait, uh, that, yeah. it, like, when you, like, is Anthony just your pen name? Like, it's my I pen feel name. like these are articles that... You- I, yeah. I wish I, mean, I wish I, I was assume these as are good as Anthony. <laughs> yeah, they are. I wrote them and I'm, it, he's my pen name. No, he. So Anthony has been going through, as anybody here can, uh, the Disney Plus uh, streaming service that they have all of these cartoons on. Yeah. And I've been going through them as well uh, to get in touch with my childhood. But also and I don't mean that as a pun, but also like to show my kids what I watched. And sometimes I'm like, well, maybe I should let you watch this because it gets Ben, it gets so <laughs> horny. This sh- this show is so horny. Yeah. Um, okay, so what the, the main thing I want to talk about is polyamorous relationship. And in season three, episode six, Spidey meets the girl from tomorrow. I came up with this idea. Okay, I came up with the, is this a polyamorous relationship? Uh, Anthony wrote it. So y'all can just fire your arrows at me. When I was watching this thing, uh, this woman, this woman comes from the future. She gets with Spider-Man. She's like, oh, they're all about each other. They like make out every five seconds. It's crazy. Well, not make out, but they kiss. He decides to go to the future with her and says goodbye to his amazing friends, okay. uh, Firestar and Iceman. When he says goodbye to Firestar, she kisses him full on the lips, like full on mouth kiss. I'm going to embed a parasite in your tummy tums. Like they, he kiss, she kisses him. And then she kisses him again. And then he jumps in his space mobile to go to the future. And he kisses her, his new girlfriend. And then Firestar and and Iceman go off and they're like, 
it's okay. Like we miss him so badly, even though Iceman and Spider-Man in the show are kind of like rivals, but they both date Firestar at okay. any given moment. Okay. So I'm just going to say that um, this happens a lot. There's like a lot of subtext going on in here. And you can also read um, Spider-Man and his amazing friends again is Marvel's horniest cartoon. There is like a, a an episode of that, that most fans refer to as horny Dracula. Um, because the whole episode, as Anthony writes, has a weird vibe to it, in part because the villain Dracula is solely motivated to get Firestar to be his forever. And it kind of talks about like how she's super hot, how like he just wants to get with her and wants to have an intimate relationship with her. Um, of course, this pissed off mm. everybody who read like just the headlines of these articles. They just want to blast through these as well real quickly. A lot of yeah. blasting through. Um, yeah, I'm sure they read. I'm sure they read the whole article. The too. whole article they That's read. Like, yeah, you know. I'm sure, of course, I'm sure none of these people just read that headline and then and reacted to it. No, of course not. Uh, well, the the first people I'm going to start with are are friendlies. So they read this, and uh, Nimar Wells says the simple answer is yes for anyone who watched the show. It was a weird relationship between the three. It really was weird. I remember watching this with my five year old, and I was like, man. There are there's a lot of kissing in this show. And she just, to be fair, looked at me and she goes, what? You don't like kisses? What's wrong with you? I'm like, OK, like fair. But like, this is not that kind of you're five. Shut up. Go clean your room. Yeah. Um, so Nimar Wells said that uh, to which Hiroku uh, Onigumo says Pete and Bobby literally dated Star back and forth. And that is absolutely true. However, those are pretty much the only people who actually read the article and had anything nice to say. We go full bore into Matthew Watson, who says, Jesus H. freaking Christ. Thank you for saying freaking instead, Matthew. It was a cartoon. Did you even see the show? Do you have an agenda with this garbage? This page is a joke. Thank you, Matthew, for stopping by. Um, Jay Stearns says quite hilarious, hilariously, what is this, a Tumblr blog now? Um, which I think is pretty great. Um, Justin Kastner says, yo, how high are you guys over there? This is uh, another one from Mark Richter, who says, imagine a time when people didn't think about the sexuality of cartoon characters, to which Greg A. Elise says, uh, when the hell was that? Every cartoon I've ever watched had a character with a love interest, hence sexuality, which is true. Like, and when we're talking about polyamorous relationship, we're not saying that they're banging the hell out of each other. We're talking about like these heteronormative relationships have existed in every single cartoon, including the Transformers. And including like Ninja Turtles, where like a dude falls in love with a girl and like nobody has a problem with it. Right. Uh, it's, but as, as soon as you mention something outside of that heteronormativity, people go apeshit and just can't stand it. And like, how dare us suggest anything else? We're not saying that they're fucking all the time. We're saying that they are in a relationship that isn't necessarily uh, just a platonic one. Uh, the last one that I want to mention here is is pretty great. Troy Few, I don't know if he's trying to be, um, I, I guess, kind of tongue-in-cheek here. Again, no pun intended, but he says, I don't care how they analyze the cartoons I grew up on. You can't destroy my childhood. I'm always going to have the childhood memory of Yosemite Sand with a shotgun shoved up Bugs Bunny's ass. And there it is. In case you were wondering how pure <laughs> your childhood was, it was never pure. People always fell in yeah. love with each other. There were always guns going up the buttholes of our favorite cartoon characters. So get over it. It happened. And it's great. And you should enjoy it. And also maybe not let your five-year-old watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? 
Um, yeah. But it's fun. I, I don't know if you have anything to say uh, or wisdom to impart in this regard, Ben. No, I mean, I all I will say is I, I firmly believe that you guys are accurate in this because I go back and watch cartoons like you know if anybody who's seen the first ghostbusters movie and is sitting there like watching that with their parents thinking that isn't nearly as horny as they remember it being like a lot of that stuff uh you know even going back to thundercats and stuff like you know i i can completely uh can completely relate to the feeling of rewatching old cartoons and realizing like how horny all the characters were for each other. Let's talk about Thundercats for five seconds. Okay. Thundercats was about a guy named Lionel, a boy who wakes up a man and whose sword grows every time he wants to call his friends over. That is like the ultimate phallic symbol. And I'm sorry for rooting Thundercats for everybody, but that is a dude who's going through puberty and becoming a man because his ding dong is getting bigger. Like, Sorry, everybody. That's what that show is about. And there's a lot of horniness in that show. So much horniness. Yeah. Um, regardless, yeah. let us know what you guys think, I guess. Uh, whether maybe we're just, I don't know, maybe we're just horny. I, I have no idea. Maybe CBR is just super, yeah. super horny. Um, unless you have anything else to say, Ben, I'll go ahead and close this puppy out. Close this baby out. I don't know how we could possibly have sunk any lower than we did in the last <laughs> five minutes. So. Well, if you want to sink lower with us still, uh, you can find us uh, in, in anywhere you get podcasts, but go to bit.ly at uh, first rule pod. That's one word. You can find us on Twitter at first rule cast. You can find us on Instagram at the first rule podcast. And on Gmail, you can send us a message to the first rule at CBR.com. You can find me on Twitter at uh, Steve Empire. Find CBR on Twitter at CBR or on CBR.com. Ben, where can people find you and yours? You can find uh, me at Ben Kendrick on Twitter. You can find uh, Screen Rant at Screen Rant. Um, it's, a, it's a great website. However, I do have to give you props. 25th oh. anniversary of CBR coming up, huh? Yes, we're, we're going to be doing some special stuff for it. Uh, thank you for mentioning that. Yes, 25 years since 1995 when Jonah Whalen first started CBR. We are going to be celebrating that in our in our final month here because we with 2020 behind us, we kind of didn't really want to celebrate anything this year but now that it's kind of at our back door we're yeah. like all right maybe we'll just kind of vaccines give ourselves are, vaccines are going out now it's okay we can start celebrating things. <laughs> exactly so we will we will start rolling things out so yes thank you for for saying that um yeah. and you should check those out check all uh, of screen rant out check ben out online um tell us what you think of the flash tell us what you think of spider-man tell us how horny you think your cartoons are were or will be Uh, Thank you once again for joining us here on The First Rule. Catch you guys next time.